Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome back to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. My name is Dan Carson, and I have with me my friend, Chris Vines. Hey, Dan. Good to be with you. Hey, Chris. It is the summer. There's a lot going on. I know that next week you're headed somewhere. Where are you going? Man, I'm going to Bug Creek Camp. This will be year three for me to be uh, up there with those those churches and those guys. And, uh, man, I love Bug Creek Camp. Don't tell them this, but the chocolate gravy just keeps calling my name year after year. And, uh, I mean, I, I, and I love I love the people that are there, too. Sure, man. sure. Chocolate, That's a given. So. Chocolate gravy. I mean, <laughs> how do you say no? I know, I know. Gravy. You know, every camp seems to have some of their – uh, their traditions when it comes to the cafeteria. I know that uh, at the Ozarks Baptist encampment for years, Wednesday night was chicken strips. And we all look forward to that because it was a good one. But then somebody got the idea. Let's let's get one of those big grills from a bank that, and we're going to have chicken quarters. And man, whole new, whole new tradition was started until we moved locations. That was, that was some good eats. So nice. camp is is among us. There's conferences going on. There's all sorts of summer activity. But one of the things that that happens and that I've seen happen is that our lead pastor, the person who's normally filling the pulpit, will often want to go on a vacation. And as the youth pastor, as the student ministry worker, you may be called up to the plate. You may be encouraged to, hey, I need you to speak because our family is going to be out this Sunday or two Sundays. Or if it's like like often, you know, Labor Day, Memorial Day, Fourth of July, uh, there's a handful of the the Sunday after Thanksgiving. You know, there's a, a series of, of youth pastor-centric times that we preach. Your church may even do a fifth Sunday when the youth pastor gets to speak, but we wanted to talk about that, about that idea of what to do when you're essentially called to the plate, when you are called up to to hit and you are told, hey, I need you to speak this weekend. You may know that several weeks in advance, but it's an important thing that we have some some ideas of how we're going to approach that because it's different than a Wednesday night session. It's different than spending time in a classroom with students. Um, so we want to talk about some of those details. But before we get to that, I want to thank our podcast partner, Central Baptist College of Conway is a place that's challenging, engaging, and inspiring. It's a great place for you to send your students. And if you're a part of our tribe of, of churches, right now there's a new program being put into place where you're going to have even greater opportunity to go to school at that level. And so we just want to encourage you to check out cbc.edu. 
look for BMA Promise. It is uh, a great program they've got in place. So if you're a part of a Baptist Missionary Association of America church, boy, you need to check it out and then let your students know about it. It's going to be a great way, again, for them to get connected. But the good folks at CBC want to connect with you and your students. Maybe you want to finish a degree. Check it out. There are some opportunities there as well and some new co-vocational degrees in the works. So I'm wanting to get one of their um, their vice presidents on the podcast, and we hope to have him on soon. And so we're looking forward to that. Well, again, we're going to be talking about preaching today. It's something that many of us do. Some of you are never going to be stepping into a pulpit, but don't shut it off right now. Maybe this is some encouragement that you can give to some of those secondary preachers that are in your church and listen, share some of those ideas with them. So Chris, why do we even need to think about this? Why is this an important subject for us to talk about with the student ministry workers? Well, Dan, I I think that's a great question. Um, Thinking about our audience, I know there's people out there that are, are, man, you're you're working as volunteers and you're leading groups and you're taking them on on trips and things like that. And and you're there on a Wednesday night and, and all that kind of thing. And then um, but I think a, a large portion of our audience are, are people who have, uh, who would say at least that they have been called to ministry. Uh, they've been called to work and to serve really uh, within the church as, as a pastor, um, as a youth pastor in this, in this regard. And so one of the, one of the primary jobs of the past of the pastor is to teach. Um, it's, it's one of the qualifications. It's not the main thing, but it is a thing that is a qualification. So why is this important? Well, one, we, we should not just be preaching and teaching on a Wednesday night, but we, we should also, uh, and we will find ourselves in times where we are addressing the whole congregation. Um, and from the youth pastor perspective, someone who is most commonly maybe said sitting in a second chair, so to speak, um, you may not be preaching on a a really regular basis. And, and so this morning, we're not really talking about today. We're not really talking about preaching on a Wednesday night to your students. We're, we're talking specifically about when you get called up to the plate of preaching to your whole congregation, to all of your audience and uh, to the whole church. And so what should go through your mind? What should be your process? Should it be any different from your Wednesday night process? That kind of thing. I think all of that is worth us just talking about for a few minutes today. I think you're right, Chris. I think that it is definitely worth our time as we look at our place in kind of how things work in our churches. That's one of the things that we'll be called upon. Uh, I know that with me, I'm, you know, 30 years in the ministry. I have been a lead pastor for a mission congregation. Uh, so I preached on a regular basis during those seven years. But now I don't. Now I'm not in that normal rhythm. And so I'm often trying to figure out, what am I going to do? And my pastor over the last couple of years has said, well, make sure you got one in your hip pocket. And I'm like, sure. (laughs) And I I try to be ready. There have been times when I've been called at six in the morning and needed to preach at 1030. Uh, That happens. And that's kind of part of our calling to be ready. It's often better when we have the opportunity to prep for a week or two and to find ourselves in the same rhythm as everything else that's going on, but often we don't have that opportunity. 
So we want to look today at just a few things that should help you when you're essentially called to the plate and it's your time and whether it is weeks in advance or whether you've been called up at the very last minute, I think that these these things are going to help us as we talk about it. And so, Chris, what's the first thing that we want to look at? In, in our, our pregame talk, Dan, you know, we had really three things, but I'm going to add a, a last one here, and then yeah. I'm going to put it at the top, okay? Okay. Uh, I really think the first thing I want to say to our listeners out there is preach a text from the Bible. That, that's the first thing that I want to say is preach a text from the Bible. In other words, don't preach just an idea that you have. Yeah, don't yeah. don't preach just something that is uh, the, the way that we say it. This is just on my heart, right? I'm not saying that there's not anything on your heart, but preach a text. Preach the Bible. That's number one, okay? Well, what do you think about that? Do I need to go any further? Do I need to expound it? I think that's pretty clear. But It is you- pretty clear, but, you know, there are times when I've been at a, a worship service and somebody is filling in and then they preach something that's been placed on their heart. Um, but it's not really anything related to a text. It They may be bouncing around all over the Bible, but it's just kind of, here we go. My heart is leading us. And granted, there are times for us to speak in that way, in that manner, but the pulpit requires that we preach the word. That's what we want to share. So Chris, you're right. Let's start there. And I'll just, you know, again, we don't have to belabor this point, but I'll say it's normally in the times that I've seen someone stand up and say, hey, you know what, I'm just going to share my heart for a minute. That kind of comes with a simultaneous closing of the Bible and putting it to the side. Mm, and then yeah. they're kind of stepping away from the pulpit. Hey, let me share my heart for a minute. Um, and, and it's an emotional draw in. And again, is there there is certainly a place for you to be able to share your heart and what we mean by that. Okay. Um, but don't just do that to the uh, to the detriment of preaching God's word. Okay, as a, a preacher's task is not to share our ideas. A preacher's task is to expound the word of God. Um, and so, to in other words, I, I believe, and I'll, I'll go to my grave believing this that we are called to do what's called expository preaching. We don't. This isn't that podcast, but I'm just going to tell you that's what we're to do. In other words, we're to we're to read a text, we're to explain a text. In other words, we're to make the main point of our sermon uh, the main point of whatever that text is. Yeah. And that's our task. So we can do another podcast on what that kind of looks like and how we do that. But that's that's just the first thing I want to say is preach a text from God's word, preach the Bible. The second thing that, and this was this was number one before I went down that road, but here's <laughs> here's the second thing that I would say is every sermon does not have to be a home run. Every sermon doesn't have to be a home run. So we, we've already used kind of this idea of, of when you step up to the plate or when you've been called up to the plate uh, to preach to your church. And so just to kind of carry that merit, that metaphor on, like, listen, when we don't preach on a regular basis when, in front of our congregation, we have sometimes this pressure on us that, okay, man, you know, I, it's, it's, it's my time to just hit it out of the park. I've got to swing as hard as I can. I've got to, I've got to do everything I can. I'm, I'm swinging for the fences. And usually what that translates into from a preaching perspective is extra long sermons that don't have to be extra long <laughs> that are filled with just everything that we can try to pack into the time that we've got. In other words, we feel like we've got to give everybody in our audience everything that has been on our minds for the last, you know, 
six to eight weeks or sometimes six to eight months since we've preached last, right? Um, Your sermon does not have to be a home run. You know, I think about uh, the Razorback baseball team. I'm a big fan. Um, I've been watching for the past few years, a, a guy by the name of Brady Slavens. Love the guy. He has incredible heart. Man, As you may have even seen a video out there as he said goodbye to the Razorbacks. It was all over here in Northwest Arkansas. But um, he, at different times, felt like, and I'm speaking for him, I, I don't, he's never expressed this, but it looked like he felt like he had to hit a home run. Uh, there were other big hitters in the lineup at different times. Um, and so he would swing and swing hard. And you know if it connected, it would have been over the moon. But there were times he just needed to hit one out into the outfield where he could get to first base, move those runners, set everything up a little bit better. And again, not a detriment to Brady Slavens. I think that many of us are like that. We have that opportunity. We're thinking, all right, I've got to do something great. I've got to put myself into this. And so that at the end of the service, we have an altar full and that all the people are getting saved and the church is revitalized and everything happens from that one time. But that's not not the need. The need is to help our people move one step closer in their relationship with God and move that one step. And so it might be a little single out to out to the outfield or it could be a, a grand slam. You know, you never know, but we don't need to put that pressure on ourselves or we're just going to we're going to fall on our face. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I think we could carry this metaphor on for for a while in a lot of different, maybe strange ways. Um, yeah, of so, course. <laughs> you know, we're certainly. I'm certainly not saying, hey, you need to try to get out. Um, I'm not. I, I don't tell you. I'm not telling you to strike out or anything yeah. like that. But, you know, exactly what you're saying, Dan. I mean, but the idea of just playing small ball, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Just get on base. You know, how can you move uh, from from a congregational standpoint? What in your sermon uh, from the text that you're preaching? Um, what do your people need to hear? What do they need to learn? How can they be equipped with some aspect of the gospel that would just simply move them around the bases? Uh, and, and I don't know if we need to carry it any further than that, but I just I just want to make a point that, hey, listen, when you called up to preach, um, take some pressure off of yourself. In other yeah. words, I mean, you've been given a great task to be able to, to, to preach God's word, but but just don't try to do too much. You know, preach the text that you have and 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 just try to move your people not the people who aren't there or the people that you wish that were there or, you know, whatever you're, but just try to move your people around the bases with um, equipping them with some aspect of the gospel, with teaching them something about who God is, what God has called of uh, and, and expects of them, what God has done. Um, and just don't try to do too much. Uh, sometimes we just try to fill that, that hour, if you will, it, with just a bunch of, uh, of all of our knowledge dump, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And, and at the end of it, you just have to ask the question, did that, was that helpful? Right. You may, you may feel good about, okay, man, I got that off my chest. You know, I, man, I preached my heart out, but, but was it, was it helpful for your people? In other words, did it, did it honor the Lord one first and foremost, but did it move people? Right. Did it, in other words, and, and, and I know that we can get into some conversations like, what do I mean by move people? But true preaching is meant to, um, not just fill people's minds with knowledge, but to That's move right. them to believe the gospel and then to uh, to walk that out. And so h- how are you moving people around the bases would be a question I'd ask. Yeah, I, I think about a, a statement that I've heard over the years. 
you know, we're, we're trying too hard or giving out too much information. What is it? Stand up, speak up, shut up, sit down. You know, it's that whole idea of <laughs> don't belabor the point. Uh, my one of my uh, the elders at our church has has said that I am an efficient preacher, and I went okay <laughs> because it, inevitably I preach a shorter amount of time than my lead pastor. He is, you know, he has fifty years of preaching experience. He's a knowledgeable man, and so where I'll preach thirty five to forty minutes, he'll preach. 50 to, to an hour, you know? And yeah. so I just, I'm efficient, but <laughs> hey, what well, else you got for us, Chris? <laughs> oh, man, that's good. I could go on. With that. <laughs> um, man, probably the next thing, and this kind of flows from that first one, um, but is, is practice self-control in leaving ideas on the study desk. Mm, yeah. I practice self-control by leaving ideas on the study desk. Here's the thing, as you prepare for your sermon, and in, in, I'm assuming our audience, most people who are listening to this probably have prepared a sermon. Maybe you're preparing one for the first time, and that's why you're listening to this. But, but let me just let you know, if you don't already know this, that when you're studying for your sermon, you are going to, you're going to write down a lot of things. You're going to read a lot of things. You're going to, you're going to have a lot of things that are coming into your mind. And then you're going to be like, man, that's good. I need to share that. Oh, that's good. I need to share that. Oh, that's great. I really need to share that. And then day two comes around and you're like, oh, that's even more great. I want to share that. I got to share all this. Right. And, and so one of the hardest things from a from a preaching standpoint is actually sometimes not figuring out what you will say as much as it is figuring out what you won't say. So practice self-control in leaving ideas on the study desk. You know, I think about, I've watched a lot of Food Network since the pandemic. That's been my my go-to. And they they are always telling these chefs to edit because they have all of these great ideas and they try to include it all on the plate. And at that moment, the main thing is no longer the main thing. And so we have to do that same sort of thing when we're preparing a message. We have to to chip away. Well, that may be good, but we've got to just give the greatest and remember our time frame. And because again, we don't want to preach for an hour if they've stopped listening at 30 minutes. I mean, <laughs> that's yeah. what happens. And so edit, edit, edit. Um, if you are prone to include a whole bunch of other things. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're mentioning that time aspect of it. You know, I think that that's a whole conversation in itself. I mean, we could have a podcast of just thinking of just talking about how long should a sermon actually be. Um, and listen to you, I'll just say right here, I'm, I'm not a proponent for just shorter sermons. However, like, in other words, like I, I don't, I'm not trying to match the attention span of my audience. If I did that, I would preach, I, I could only preach like six to eight minutes. <laughs> um, and, and so, in other words, I'm just saying I'm not there. I think we need to raise the bar when it comes to the length of time that we are are preaching. But when I say that, I don't mean to imply that every sermon needs to be an hour long. Right. If we're going to be real honest about it, most of the time our sermons, I, I, I'm talking to me right here. Most of the time my sermons are 10 to 15 minutes longer than they should be because I haven't done the necessary work of trying to clarify what I'm trying, actually trying to say. And so if I, if I, if I go that extra step in my preparation of trying to, okay, how do I condense this down? How do I, how do I communicate this in a clear, efficient way? 
then oftentimes that translates into a shorter sermon. And I haven't, and I haven't done a disservice to the text of, of scripture. You know, I haven't, I haven't shorted God on what he has said. I've just, I've just become more content with leaving some of my ideas on, on the, on the study desk. I've seen a meme floating around and it, it basically says there's a fine line between a sermon and a hostage situation. And so, <laughs> and you may have found yourself in one of those before, but don't be, be the one that's holding people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Trim it yeah. down. Yeah. If, if you're prone to long talks and some of you may be, some of you may be more like me where I have to work to make sure that, because, you know, I, I fall into this category. I read God's word. Okay. That's what it means. And it would be really easy for That's what it means. And done. But people need more of an explanation. So again, just be aware of those times. That's important. Uh, but part of it comes from knowing your congregation. Yeah. Um, your congregation may be ready for an hour long sermon, or they may can only handle a 25 minutes. So you're going to stretch it out to 35. I mean, you just need to be aware of your congregation and where they're at, because even going back to that whole idea of moving them one step further around the bases, you know, getting them, moving them a little bit further along, it comes from knowing who they are. And you may think, well, I'm not preaching every week, but guess what? You know that congregation in a completely different way than your lead pastor would. Mm -hmm. You you may be the person that people come and talk to and they share things with. You're you're kind of almost more on the ground level uh, of seeing how they're interacting with their families. Uh, and so, again, just all of those things pour into this idea of knowing it, uh, your congregation. What else you got for us, Chris? Yeah, absolutely. That's good. Uh, the third and, and last thing that I that I just would say is communicate with a clear purpose. Communicate with a clear purpose. Uh, we we've kind of said this in other ways already, but kind of to follow up what you just said, and and I think what also would just be appropriate underneath this is asking the question on a regular basis uh, and really praying it. God, what do your people need to hear? this week? What do your people need to need to hear from your word right now? Um, and, uh, and I, you know, when it comes to the sermon itself, like if I've got a text, like right now as a church, we've been preaching through first and second Samuel, we're almost done with second Samuel. And, and I'm not going to try to make that text say something that it doesn't say I'm going to preach. In other words, I'm going to make the, the main idea um, or the main points, if you will, of that text be the main points of my sermon. But I want to communicate that clearly. And, and, and so this has to do with me not just knowing what it says and what it means, but kind of moving it into, okay, here's what it meant to the people who read it then. Here's what it means, because that same meaning is what means today. And here's how I want to rightly apply it to our people. So it's in that point where I'm like, okay, God, here's what your word says. What do you, what do your people here in Hope, Arkansas need to hear right now, you know, and that just, as I pray through that, I'm also praying um, in a sense of, Lord, would you show me the, the sermon in the text? Would you show me what you want me to preach um, and how you want me to communicate that? And, and that kind of opens a door, at least it does in my mind. I don't know if it does in other people's mind with something that I, I don't think we talk about a lot is I'm not talking about preaching something different than what the Bible says, but we are to preach 
to the people that are in front of us. In other words, we're to communicate God's word in, with clarity and with purpose that would be pertinent to the moment of time that we find ourselves in. And that, that sometimes is, is really difficult because we don't, we don't always think through that. What's easy from a preaching perspective or what can be is we can, we can do all the, the work of trying to figure out what this means. And then we can think, okay, I've, I've done the job. I've got my sermon ready. And then what we take into the pulpit to preach is actually just a commentary of what we've studied. Right. And that's it. I mean, look, we're teaching God's word, but again, all we're doing is just saying, Hey, here's what God's word says. In other words, we can, if we're not careful, all we do is just kind of fill people's minds with, with information. Right. And so in other words, when you start moving from the text to the sermon, you begin asking these questions, Lord, how can I communicate this with a clear purpose for your people right now? What, what do your people need to hear? So I, I would say communicate with a, with a clear purpose for today. Well, and one other little piece is just to be yourself. Don't forget that yeah. God has put you in that place for that time. And he's opened up the door for you to speak. And so there's no expectation or no need for you to be Alistair Begg. Yes, definitely don't try an accent. But there, you know, God doesn't even want you to be your lead pastor. He is giving you that opportunity to speak to your people uh, with your personality, your gifting, all of those things together. So just be yourself in the process. Yeah, that's so good. And, you know, I struggled with that for a little while, um, maybe with just kind of finding my own voice, I think is maybe a, a, a phrase that is used in the preaching world sometimes or in just the communication world is finding your own voice. Um, for a while there, I was I was very uncomfortable with my voice because um, I don't know if anybody has noticed, but, I, you know, I'm from the South and I've got a little bit of a draw. Uh, I, I, I carry out some, some vowels longer than they should, uh, actually go. And, and I, for a while there, I was just, man, I was so self-conscious of that. And I tried to correct that in the, in the pulpit. I tried not to be me and, and look, I know that's a, that's just one aspect of your voice, but yeah, just to reiterate that, be yourself, be yourself, be who God calls you to be always. You can always work to communicate better and, and to get better at, preaching God's word in, in all these different ways, but don't try to be somebody you're not. I mean, I think we all have probably heard that in some way, but when you're not preaching on a regular basis, our temptation is, okay, here's a text. And now you're going to go listen to a lot of people preach what you're about to preach. And, and sometimes our sermon prep can, can be filled with not so much us uh, praying over the text of scripture and studying it for ourselves as much as we're just listening to other people preach uh, what they've studied. And, and if that's, if that's all we're doing in our sermon prep, then I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to be, you're going to find it more and more tempting to try to be somebody you're not. So just be careful with that. I've got to bring it up. We didn't talk about it before the show. Um, but what do we wear? Ooh, yeah, I know wear. we should. I mean, we need to talk about that because especially as a youth pastor, we can get away with wearing different attire. Whether it's a Sunday or whether definitely on Wednesday nights, we can look different than your typical church staff member. But when you're in the pulpit, what should we do about that? What's the expectation? What's the expectation and hope? I don't know exactly. I could tell you what the expectation is in my church, but probably the best thing I could I could probably say on this point is don't dress to be distracting. There you go. That's okay. it. 
don't dress to be distracting. In our congregation, it would be very distracting if I showed up in a suit. It just would. Because in our congregation, like one, Brother Cliff, he does not wear a suit on a regular basis. And so if I showed up on a Sunday morning in a suit, he would immediately be a distraction for some. They would be, in other words, people would be sitting in the audience and be like, I don't ever see Chris wear a suit. Why is he wearing a suit? And all of a sudden it just becomes a distracting, a distracting thought, you know, like, wow, yeah. well, I didn't even know he had a tie, you know, all this kind of stuff. <laughs> um, but if that's the norm of your church, if your church is like, wears a, if your pastor wears a suit every day, every Sunday, then it might be distracting for you just to show up in, you know, slacks and an untucked polo. Don't be distracting in how you dress. That's a perfect word on that. There's a lot of expectations out there. But the main thing is to not let your attire be a distraction from God's word. And we just want to stress that. So you may be a little uncomfortable in what you're wearing for that morning, uh, but that's okay because it's not about you. (laughs) Right. And if I can dip into something real quick, just just a thought. Carry that same thought over into the, the version of the Bible, the translation, the English translation of the Bible that you choose to preach from. So in other words, if if the people in your audience are using, if they have in their laps, the King James version of the Bible, if that's what they're using, don't preach from something different. I don't, I don't have a problem saying that, but like if the, if the congregation is, is using the ESV, then, then preach from the the ESV. That's what I would just encourage you. Now I may get some flack on that. I may, people may disagree with me on that, but I would just say that that rule of don't be distracting can also apply in that regard as well. So this was, this is just a good, you know, little rule to think about, or just a principle rather is to know, okay, what are your people reading? What do they have in their laps? And if you ever get asked to go preach at another church, and then you need to ask that question as well. You know, Hey, and both of these questions, Hey, what should I wear? Yeah. And two, what version of the Bible does your church prefer? There's nothing wrong with those two questions. In fact, I think there's a lot of wisdom in asking those questions. Well, and and we all have access to either on our phone or our iPad. We have quick access to multiple versions of the Bible. If nothing else, you can print it out and tuck it in your Bible and take it with you as a part of your sermon notes. So uh, again, I think the great word about not being distracted. I was wondering if we were going to go there with the, the Bible version question, but it's needed again. I I went there. If you get called up, called up to that preaching plate, you got to figure out a whole bunch of things, especially if you're new, new to the game. Well, we need to wrap up today, but uh, let's give, give our our listeners some resources. What are some things that they can look at and think about um, that's going to help them as they try to communicate the word a little bit better? I have four books that I would recommend, um, man. And there, when it comes to preaching, there are so many good books. Yeah. So please just understand these are not necessarily a top four there. I'm giving these with specific reasons though. The first one that I would, uh, I would say, and, and by the way, these kind of fit into two categories, three of them in one category, and then a, a fourth one in just a completely separate kind of category. But this first category is just how to, you know, yeah. it fit underneath that category of how to, the first one I would say is the nine marks book called expository preaching. So if I'm using a word there, if I've, you know, I've talked about this a little bit and you're like, man, what in the world is Chris talking about? That would be a great starter book for you yeah. to pick up and to read about what expository preaching is, how to do it and, and, and just why it's important. Uh, I believe that one's by David Helm is who wrote that book. 
the second book I would say is Preaching for God's Glory. Uh, this is actually more of a pamphlet style. It's not a very long book. I think it's even, you know, it's bound by a couple of staples maybe. Um, but it's uh, it's Preaching for God's Glory by Alistair Begg. Um, and I believe it's in this book where he he talks about kind of his process for thinking through preaching. Um, and I, I might butcher this a little bit, so you need to buy the book and check me on this. But he, he'll say something like this. You know, you need to read yourself full write yourself empty, pray yourself out, be yourself, and forget yourself. Mm. Um, and so I won't explain each one of those. You just need to buy the book and, and one, check and see if I got those right. But then two, <laughs> think about those things because it's really helpful. The A third book that I'd fit underneath this category of how-to uh, is actually just a communication book. Um, it fits into a category of preaching probably, but I kind of label it just good communication tips. And this is actually a book called Communicating for Change by Andy Stanley. And who's the other author, Dan? Uh, Lane Jones. Lane Jones. This book has been around for a long time. But in this book, he kind of lays out just a, a very simple approach for how to communicate. Um, and so again, doesn't go into the nitty gritty of how to do expository preaching or even really a whole lot of preaching theory as much as just you've got an audience in front of you. How can you communicate for a particular change? And he goes through a method that many of you may have heard before, maybe you haven't, but just the, the idea of me, we, God, you, we, right? Um, now, just in, in brevity, uh, you start with you know, making connections with the audience. You might tell a personal story. That's the me. You bring the audience in and just kind of show to them how we all deal with maybe a particular problem or we all have a particular feeling or there's something that we need to deal with. And then you move into the God section, which is where you just preach your expository sermon. You preach what God's word says. And then, and then you come out of that and you make personal application, like how this, what this means for, for you, what this means for us. That's the, the you, we part. So that's a good communication book just to read if you haven't read that. And I think it'll open up some other doors for, for books like that, that might be helpful in just general communication skills. And then the, the, the fourth book that I'd say, and this fits underneath the category of just what kind um, or what kind of preacher uh, you should be, what the preacher should look like. Um, and this is a book that I've just, I've really been enjoying. It's uh, called The Preacher's Portrait by John Stott. Um, Preacher's Portrait by John Stott. So this is not a how-to book um, as much as it's a, a book that shows you this is what the preacher should be according to God's word. This is what the preacher is. Um, and uh, if I want to give an honorable mention, uh, I'd probably, I'd probably put John Stott. Uh, well, no, I'm not going to put another John Stott in there. Here's another book. If you want to go that much further, Preaching and Preachers by, by Martin Lloyd-Jones. Um, that would be, that would be a, it's not even an honor. It's, it shouldn't be an honorable mention, but it's, it's certainly, um, cause it's a great staple book. But anyway, those are what I would say. There's a lot of things that you can read out there. I know that you also, as we were talking, you, you mentioned a podcast, uh, the Preaching oh, yeah. Coach podcast with David Allen. Yeah, it's a great podcast. Yeah, I've really enjoyed that. Dr. Allen uh, is uh, most recently he's he's in, in years he's been the dean the dean of theology and the distinguished professor of preaching at Southwestern Seminary down in Fort Worth. Uh, most recently, he has come on as um, I believe I don't know his official title, but he's a he's a, a 
preaching uh, professor at um, Mid America uh, Seminary oh, okay. there in in around Memphis. So, but he has a podcast and a ministry uh, called the Preaching Coach, and that. But the podcast itself, if if you're just wanting to know about expository preaching, if you're wanting to know about some of this communication skills, all this kind of thing, um, man, Dr. Allen is is phenomenal. He 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 loves teaching it. And he does a great job in that podcast. And so it's like you're almost sitting in one of his preaching classes. Well, I will mention one other podcast. It is out there. I don't know if they have any new episodes. I haven't seen any in a while. But it's a Preaching Lab uh, podcast by um, Cliff Johnson and a handful of other guys. And you could go back to the beginning and listen uh, to their to them. And they're the great tips, especially for those of us who are more in a bivocational or a part-time role, a lot of great words of encouragement. Um, but there's a lot of good resources out there. And we just need to take those into take those in, read, study, make sure that we're ready, um, and just embrace those opportunities that we have when we get called up to the plate. Anything else you want to mention, Chris? Yeah, hey, listen, just encouragement to you guys um, who are going to be preaching soon. Uh, just get on base advance the runner there you go be be uh be humble and and honor christ in uh in your words and in your preaching well listener thank you so much for downloading and uh, joining our conversation today as we've talked about preaching it's one of the many things that we have to do when we are serving students and being involved in the role of being a youth pastor and so i just want to encourage you um, keep working, keep serving, keep loving your students because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.